The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's World. We're going to talk about someone today. He used to be considered a vital and powerful part of the lives of virtually everyone in Western civilization. From the privacy of one's home and family to the vaunted halls of government and empire. From the family at home where a mother is teaching her children principles and facts about life to the tallest of ivory towers and the most respected of educational institutions. His influence was recognized, his blessings were sought, and his authority over all things was acknowledged. This person was God, the almighty creator of heaven and earth. And yet something has changed. Public schools actively avoid mentioning his name. In fact, sometimes it's mentioned accidentally and lawsuits abound. Politicians pay him a little lip service in their candidacy and in their advertisements and in their public statements, but pretty much they craft all of their policies and make all of their decisions as if he didn't exist at all. Many teachers and professors who continue to publicly profess to believe in his existence are sometimes shunned by academia. And yet at the same time, those same teachers and professors who actually say there is no God and there's no eternal being and nothing beyond the realm we see with our eyes and touch with our hands, they're often celebrated and dragged in front of television cameras like rock stars. And yet, when God is dethroned from His position as Creator of all things and grantor of life and breath, our civilization suffers, our societies suffer, we suffer. Today on Tomorrow's World, we're going to explore the question, what happened to God? Stay tuned. Greetings and welcome to Tomorrow's World. Whether you're one of our regular worldwide viewers or you've just stumbled onto us, we're glad to have you. While you're watching, please keep an eye out for the free information we're making available to everyone watching today, a resource titled, The Real God, Proofs and Promises. I don't want you getting mad at me if you miss it, so be ready to note how to get it when the information comes across your screen. Almost 50 years ago, Time Magazine published a now famous article asking the question, is God dead? Now today, many might answer that they don't think he's dead, yet they haven't seen him in a while, and not too many people talk about him anymore. That's why on today's program, we're asking the question, what happened to God? Because it really wasn't always that way. There was a time when individual people and entire nations, everyone from the humble to the mighty, publicly recognized that there was a very real God and that not only were his fingerprints all over history, but also his guiding hand was still present in the flow of world affairs. 
that his judgment on citizen and country was something to be considered and to be hoped for or feared. That to ignore his presence, influence, and displeasure was the practice of fools. Consider just a few examples from American history. In the formative years of the United States, the most influential men held many different views of God, but fairly consistent among many of them was the view that He existed, that His guidance and blessing was needed, that His justice was sure, and that His role in history was active, powerful, and irresistible. For example, consider the words of Thomas Jefferson. Jefferson was not exactly a traditional Christian and is infamous for literally taking a Bible and then literally cutting out verses with which he disagreed. Yet the idea of Jefferson as a purely secular, virtually atheistic hero is unfounded. Consider what he wrote in his only full-length book titled Notes on the State of Virginia. God who gave us life gave us liberty. And can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed their only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are of the gift of God, that they are not to be violated but with His wrath. Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just, that His justice cannot sleep forever, that a revolution of the wheel of fortune, a change of situation is among possible events, that it may become probable by supernatural influence. The Almighty has no attribute which can take side with us in that event. No lesser light than Abraham Lincoln, considered one of the greatest American presidents in history, proclaimed a day of fasting in 1863 for the people of the United States to pray and to seek God while the American Civil War was devastating the nation. He stated in his proclamation, Whereas it is the duty of nations as well as of men to own their dependence upon the overruling power of God, to confess their sins and transgressions in humble sorrow, yet with assured hope that genuine repentance will lead to mercy and pardon, and to recognize the sublime truth announced in the Holy Scriptures and proven by all history, that those nations only are blessed whose God is the Lord. It behooves us then to humble ourselves before the offended power, to confess our national sins, and to pray for clemency and forgiveness. Can you imagine an American president declaring a national day of fasting and prayer, telling all citizens of the United States, as Lincoln did with the authority of the presidency and the U.S. Senate behind him, that nations are only blessed when their God is the God of the Bible, and that all citizens were to confess their national sins that day and ask God for forgiveness, fasting and abstaining from food while doing so. How long would such a president last in this day and age? He'd be seen as a fanatic, unfit for the office. Yes, there was a time when God was seen as a vital part of a nation's life and success, a crucial element to the health and welfare of a people and their society. What a contrast to our leaders and our society today. What happened to God since then? We'll look at how things have changed in our next segment. 
But first, let me give you an opportunity to request a copy of the free resource that we're making available today, The Real God, Proofs and Promises. Whether you currently believe in God or not, you owe it to yourself to read this material and then answer the question for yourself. Whether by phone, mail, or internet, the information is completely free. Request your own copy today. For today's free informative offer, send your request to Tomorrow's World, P.O. Box 3800, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28227. Or call this toll-free number, 1-800-493-5437. That number again is 1-800-493-5437. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World, call now. Welcome back. In our first segment, we looked at a few examples of how the existence of God was once a vital and integral part of public thinking. National leaders called out to Him, implored people to consider His moral precepts, and even to fast and humble themselves for the benefit of their families and their society. And yet we have to admit, how many of our leaders do the same anymore? When was the last time we heard an American president call for nationwide fasting and prayer, who said that the nation's strength was not in its people's ingenuity and its army's might, but in the God who has blessed it, protected it, and given it the success that it enjoys? Have the governor and legislatures of the state of California publicly considered that the drought afflicting their state might in any conceivable way be related to sin? Have they recognized that God could give their state reign with less than a wave of His hand? Our telecast here is seen all over the world. Let me ask our viewers in Europe. Do you hear your leaders publicly praising the God in heaven and imploring Him to pour His blessings on your nations and your peoples? Australia and New Zealand, how many times in the last decade have you heard your leaders, national or local, Declare like Lincoln that national sin should be confessed and God's mercy should be sought. Canada, are there better odds of hearing a passionate prayer to God in the locker room of the Calgary Flames than there is from Alberta's Legislative Assembly? If God was so influential before, why is He so ineffective now? What happened to God in the last few centuries? Compare our civilization now to the sentiments we heard earlier. In a New York Times book review, political scientist and professor Mark Lila rightly observed in 2006 that though Christian belief remains strong in some European countries like Poland and Islam is a potent force among Muslims across the continent, contemporary Europe is the closest thing to a godless civilization the world has ever known. Similarly, in its 2007 special report on religion and public life, The Economist reported, For much of the 20th century, religion was banished from politics. 
For most elites, God had been undone by Darwin, dismissed by Marx, deconstructed by Freud. Stalin forcibly ejected him, but in much of Western Europe, there was no need for force. Religion had been on the slide for centuries. Frankly, God has been kicked out of public life by a people who are no longer interested in having him around. By the early 1960s, even American culture had shifted so far that the United States Supreme Court decided organized prayers and Bible readings in public schools were unconstitutional and therefore illegal. In the last 20 years, civil movements to forcibly remove displays of the Ten Commandments from American public grounds have gained popularity. In a sense, it's a replay of what our most ancient of forefathers, Adam and Eve, did in the Garden of Eden thousands of years ago. The eternal God who created them and who created you and me took care of their every need, gave them work for their hands, and gave them a simple command. We see it in Genesis chapter 2, starting in verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. A simple command to be sure, but one which our ancestors rejected. Adam and Eve both ate of that tree, and in doing so, declared that they would ignore God and determine their own course ignore His laws and commands, and choose for themselves what is right and what is wrong. It was an implicit declaration that God was unneeded and unwanted. In fact, all of us, each in our own way, have similarly sinned in our own lives, declared by our actions that our own will and desire is more important to us than God's will and desire. And over the course of civilization's development, we as a collective society have repeated Adam and Eve's eviction of God from our lives in numerous ways. However imperfectly they did so, our forefathers of previous centuries at least recognized that there is a great creator, an eternal God who is watching over the events of history and whose judgment mankind will one day face. Today, we are a far cry from that. God seems powerless and has been effectively banned from public life. Lest we sit smugly and decide that things seem to be working out just fine without Him, we should consider the effect God's departure is having on our culture and in our lives. But before we do, let me give you another opportunity to request a copy of our free information today, The Real God, Proofs and Promises. If you have never considered the abundant evidence all around us for a transcendent and omnipotent Creator God, then you need this free booklet. We live in a world today that challenges us to defend our belief in the existence of God. Arm yourselves, arm your children with the solid truth. There is no cost or obligation at all. We simply want this information in as many hands as possible. Request your copy of The Real God, Proofs and Promises, and meet the God who makes His existence known and sure. Today's offer is yours absolutely free. 
No cost, no obligation. Visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. Find us on Facebook, watch us on YouTube, and follow us on Twitter. Welcome back. In our last segment, we spoke of the secularization of Western civilization, how a culture that once sat God, however imperfectly, in the heart of its considerations and thinking, has actively abandoned such considerations. However, such a change has consequences, both in our culture and in our individual lives. In fact, the God who sees down the corridors of time and accurately declares the end from the beginning says in His Word that this state of affairs is going to get much, much, much worse before it gets better. The Bible prophesies that we will soon enter a time when there will be a global rejection of God on an unprecedented scale. The Apostle Paul describes that state in detail in 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. As a nation moves away from God, this is the fruit that is unavoidably born, increasing selfishness and greed, broken families, abandonment of self-control and self-restrictions, rising brutality, a culture focused on feeling good regardless of the consequences. If you cannot see these things growing in our world today, then you aren't looking. A people, nation, or civilization that moves away from God moves closer to all that is base and dishonorable in human nature. It also begins to experience confusion, even in the most basic of things. We see this happening around us as well. Even some of the most fundamental and obvious truths we used to be able to take for granted are vanishing from our cultural landscape. We can't even agree anymore on what the word marriage means, a word whose basic meaning has been pretty obvious since creation itself. As Jesus Christ said so plainly, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Yet more than 20 nations across the globe, mostly in Europe, the Americas, and South Africa, have now abandoned this most fundamental of understandings about marriage and have redefined marriage as including any combination of sexes, male-male, female-female, what have you. Now that the boundaries are gone, everything is up for grabs. The New York Times argued on July 21st, 2015, that polygamy might very well be approved next. Frankly, to my horror, I have even seen serious articles in which the authors argue for the right of humans to marry robots. Once God is removed, His boundaries, His authoritative boundaries are removed as well. And all is permitted. And chaos is always going to be the result. As the New York Times said in its article, 
we should recognize that once we abandon the rigid constraints of history, we cannot be sure that we know where the future will take us. The mistake the Times has made is that it isn't the constraints of history our society is casting aside. It is the guidance and wisdom of the Creator of all things. Beyond marriage, look with me briefly at the state of our civilization as God has vanished from it. We argue about who has more authority in a child's life, his parents or the state. We're surrounded by individuals who treat the life of a child in the womb as nothing more than meaningless material we can harvest or throw away at our own convenience. Our children's schools continue to teach facts and figures, but no foundation is laid for their character or integrity anymore. We have abandoned what God tells us about all human life and how human life is created in His own image. Yet the relationships between the races isn't getting better. In many ways, it's getting worse. We constantly develop new medicines and new ways to supposedly improve the food God has given us. Yet for all our work, humanity is getting sicker. The list could go on and on because the consequences do. God actually warns us about the way of life and society that result when He is ignored as if He did not exist. Read for yourself in Psalm 14, beginning in verse 1. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. They have all turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good, no, not one. Yet there, in our diagnosis, also lies our cure. If we know our problem, we also know our solution. We'll discuss that solution in just a moment. But first, let me give you one last opportunity to request today's free booklet. Whether you want your copy mailed to you or you want to read it online, it is something you must read. Too many today question the existence of a divine creator of all things, and too many others don't know how to respond when they're challenged by doubt. Today's free resource, The Real God, Proofs and Promises, will help you dispel the smoke and mirrors of modern skeptics and to prove strongly that there is a God and that He reigns today in the affairs of men. Whether you get a copy for yourself, for a friend, or for your children, don't miss out on this opportunity to ground yourself in the facts and to know with firm conviction that there is a God, a real God, and that His word and promises are sure. Request your copy today. For today's free informative offer, send your request to Tomorrow's World, P.O. Box 3800, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28227. Or call this toll-free number, 1-800-493-5437. That number again is 1-800-493-5437. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date 
with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World, call now. The title of our program today has been a question, What Happened to God? But I hope it's become clear over the last 30 minutes that nothing has happened to God. Something has happened to us. Something has happened to our culture. Something has happened to our society. Something has happened to our understanding of who we are and why we are and who has given us the very lives we live. Something has happened to us. Nothing has happened to God. He's still there. He hasn't changed. He is just as loving, just as powerful, just as kind, just as fair, just as good, and just as just as He has always been. As God's Word says so plainly and beautifully in the book of James, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. We are the ones who've changed. We live under the illusion that we don't need a Creator. We're doing fine on our own. But we do need Him. If we're going to come back to our senses, if we're going to find our way out of what we have done to ourselves, it is only going to happen if we can find our way once again to the God who has never left, has never moved, has never changed, and who can be found if we truly wish to find Him. As He says through Moses in the book of Deuteronomy, You will seek the Lord your God, and you will find Him if you seek Him with all your heart and with all your soul. Many make the mistake of thinking that they can seek Him at their leisure, but God's Word says that is not so. He says through the lips of Isaiah the prophet, Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Our societies may not do so. Many in this world will not listen until the return of Jesus Christ when they will be made to listen by the reigning Messiah in the coming kingdom of God. But you and I don't have to wait until then. We can begin experiencing the blessings and wonders that come from knowing God now. You and I can seek Him today. The Apostle Peter encouraged the thousands who heard him in Jerusalem in 31 AD, be saved from this perverse generation. And we can be. We can reach out to the very real God and seek His guidance and instruction, seek His blessing on our family and His comfort in our trials. But as He says in His Word, we must seek Him with all of our heart and all of our soul. Don't fail to do it. Whether out of need or merely curiosity, I pray that every single one of you watching will reach out and request the free study aid that we're sending out today, The Real God, Proofs and Promises. I also hope you'll visit our website at tomorrowsworld.org where we have so much available for those who want to explore what the Bible actually says about God versus what people claim that it says. And I hope, too, that you'll come back next week. We'll be here at Tomorrow's World ready to bring you more about biblical prophecy, the kingdom of God, and the absolute truths that this world fears to recognize. 
yet truths that same world needs like never before. Until then, please pray for us as we pray for you. Take care. To view the Tomorrow's World telecast or request today's free offer, visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. Remember to find us on Facebook and be sure to follow us on Twitter. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.